Here it is. Again. And it's cold. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Buffy's party. We bring you an act. They'll just boggle your mind. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Rob. And I'm Joseph. Welcome to our Buzzcocks episode of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave 1976 to 1986. Yeah, so we are talking and listening all things Buzzcocks. So exciting. Um, so here's a fun little drinking game for anyone who is in the mood. A drinking As game. You yeah, as, cool. as you listen to this episode, every time Rob or I inappropriately puts the article the in front of the name of this band, take a swig and let's just see how hammered you get by the end of this, this episode. Because hey, it's going to happen a lot. Question, question before we go into that. Do I get to take a swig too every time I hear that? <laughs> I, I, I think that would be a vicious cycle. I yeah. think the the drunker okay. you got, the more you would do it. So that yeah. that could be that could be dangerous. So we uh we have a guest. Super excited before we introduce him. Uh, we need to listen to a song to whet everybody's appetite. Typically, we start off with a song, one of the first songs that the band uh, releases. But this time, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're gonna we're gonna listen to a song called "What Do You Know," and it was one of the very last songs. The see it there. I did it the first time. One of the last songs Buzzcocks recorded before their initial breakup. That wasn't a bad song, Joseph. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's some 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 of their later work. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned that we have a guest, and I'm pretty excited about this guest as well. Um, so with us tonight, we have Will Westercow, and Will is the host of a podcast, This Is Modern Rock. And I've been listening to the podcast. It's pretty darn cool, man. It's pretty cool. Um, the podcast actually uh, picks up from where ours leaves off. So, welcome, Will. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah so, um, super excited that you're here, Will. I've, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a few years. It was actually the inspiration for us doing this podcast was at one point I decided that I wanted to hear a podcast about the history of new wave music and nothing existed and your podcast was the closest that i could find 
Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So your your podcast picks up at the beginning of the modern rock charts, and that's the end of 1988. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we'll have to do a just a standalone 1987 podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Sort of like the bridge between the two. Yep. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. By the by the time your your podcast picks up, um, the the music is sounding very different. You know, even from a lot of the same band. Yep. I just think that those two years are are really interesting as far as the seismic shift in, you know, new wave and post-punk into alternative and modern rock. So, yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, when I when I started the show, a lot of these bands from the new wave era showed up and I was surprised. I was like, "Oh, they're still around." Uh and this you know, it was a lot of songs that I'd never heard from these bands, and it did not sound like what I expected, knowing their earlier work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, when you were growing up, you were lis- you you were more listening to like the stuff that you cover on your podcast, right? Well, you know, when I was, I'm just starting the 1992 season, and at that point in my life, I was still not really listening to much music. Uh, mm-hmm. I was hearing stuff that my sister listened to, so a lot of show tunes, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, I was here. I was hearing some country music, uh, you know, Dolly Parton, and uh, a lot of like we sing silly songs <laughs> type stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't start listening to music really until probably ninety four, ninety five. So I'm almost there, but not quite. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have lots and lots of questions for you about your podcast, um, and uh, I would like to, at the end, um, circle back to that. But, of course, we need to talk about Buzzcocks because yes. that's what this— So, you were—when um, when Rob and I first sat down and started talking about having guests on the show, you know, we had a couple of— personal acquaintances that we reached out to to but you were our first like email equivalent of the cold call mm-hmm. uh, just because it seemed like it was such a great fit and so you were very generous in your response to uh to volunteer to come on the show and i asked you for a list of you know which bands you like to talk to and right at the top of your list was buzzcocks so you you have a real love for buzzcocks yes definitely this is this was probably the first punk band that I just really fell in love with. When did you uh, When did you really start listening to them? I was probably about twenty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, late start as far as getting into punk goes, I think. But uh, and so I I think I know the answer to this question. But was it the seventies Buzzcocks or was it the nineties Buzzcocks? It was. It was. They, sev- they, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. It was seventies Buzzcocks for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Buzzcocks just in general. This is just going to be Buzzcocks 101. Um, On Spotify, the top Buzzcocks songs, um, four of the five are off of um, singles going steady. Number one is ever fall in love with someone you shouldn't have. Number two is why can't I touch it? Number three is What Do I Get? 
Number four is Everybody's Happy Nowadays. And number five is Orgasm Addict, the song that we heard last episode. Yeah, you know, I have to say, we talked when we talked about Buzzcocks last episode, and, uh, you know, you kind of poked at me for, for, you know, picking a song that, well, was number one on Spotify as far as... <laughs> As yeah. far as their most popular songs, I still love that song. I still really do. I think it's a great uh, it, song. Hey, it's number one for a reason. In, indeed. Yeah. 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 So the 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 Buzzcocks got together um, in seventy five seventy six. I you know I always had it in my mind that they saw the Sex Pistols and so they formed the band, but that is actually not true. Um, they were, of course, they were instrumental in getting the Buzzcocks to Manchester for that famous, um, February 1976, uh, <clears throat> concert. Oh, and yeah. they, they actually in, intended or wanted to, uh, play that gig, but their band, some of their band members, um, quit. And so they couldn't. So it wasn't until... Later that summer, when the Sex Pistols came back, that they were ever actually able to play the same gig as the Sex Pistols. The founding members were Pete Shelley and Howard DeVoto. Howard DeVoto um, recorded their first EP, Spiral Scratch, and then left the band and formed Magazine. Um, the other original members were uh, Steve Diggle and John Marr. So, does anybody know how Buzzcocks got their name? Go ahead, Will. I'm pretty sure you know. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I could be a little, uh, slightly off, but I think this came from a review. And... Um, Gosh, it's using some kind of slang that I was not familiar with. I think the headline or the the line was like, "What's the buzz, comma Cox?" Is that is something along those lines? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah right. it, it it was. It's the buzz, cock, and so buzz, of course, being like hip and cool and trendy, and then cock, I guess, is a slang word for man, okay, or dude, it's yeah, like dude, a friend yeah. or something. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, the language, the, the, interestingly, the language barriers even between English-speaking people is, you know, is funny. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, Buzzcocks, they, you know, they put out three albums and a singles compilation before their initial breakup. That was all within the period of two years. That is astonishing to me. Just, just astonishing. Um, I still struggle with wrapping my brain around that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of content. It's a lot of really high quality content too. Okay, so let's talk rankings. So, Will, um, every every deep dive episode before we get into the albums, we each go um, down our list, our personal list of of rankings of the album. Um, I understand you kind of want to participate in this. Sure. Yeah, I can, I'll participate here and there. We'll see. Okay. All right. So, um, 
Rob, you want to do the honors of going first? Yeah, I'll jump in and do it first. Um, cool. Now, we're covering nine albums, if I'm correct. Well, we are covering ten because we're breaking our own rule and considering uh-huh. singles going steady and album. That's right, yeah. I, I guess I should have informed you about that. Yeah, that's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe well, maybe ad hoc you can you can add it on the fly i I will say this what i've heard so far i like you know (laughs) okay um all right so lay it on us all right so we're gonna start uh we're gonna start from number nine here and i'm gonna say uh, my number nine favorite is buzzcocks number eight is modern number seven flat pack philosophy number six the way number five is all set number four trade test transmissions Number three is Love Bites. Number two, Different Kind of Tension. And number one is their first album, Another Music in a Different Kitchen. So for me, uh, I've actually got 10 because I am considering single go- Singles Going Steady an album. And we'll get into that when we, when we discuss right. that album. Number 10 is The Way. Number nine is All Set. Number eight is flat pack philosophy. Number seven is trade test transmission. Number six is buzzcocks. Number five is modern. I actually really like modern. Uh, Number four is singles going steady. Number three is Love Bites, number two, A Different Kind of Tension, and number one is their debut album, Another Music in a Different Kitchen. Wow, so our top three over there are the same. We matched. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, Will, what do you got for us? Okay, uh, I didn't know we were going backwards. I was going to do the first five and then just kind of lump the, the bottom ones okay. together, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> number 10 for me is The Way. Uh, number nine... Oh, gosh. I think number nine, Buzzcocks. Number eight, Flat Pack Philosophy. Number seven, Modern. Number six, All Set. Number five, Trade Test Transmissions. Number three, did I skip a number? I can't even count anymore. Number four. (laughs) That's how it goes. Uh, (laughs) Number four, Love Bites. Number three, another music in a different kitchen. Number two, different kind of tension. Number one, singles going steady. Nice. Awesome. So number two across the board, a different kind of tension. I'm I'm really, really excited about talking about that album in particular. So I think we're ready to start talking about their debut album. Yeah. So uh, another music in a different kitchen. This was released in 1978. We have heard a couple of songs from this already. Uh, we listened to Moving Away from the Pulse Beat and Autonomy. Um... This is a pretty great album. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I what makes it the number one Buzzcocks album for me is that it just feels a little more barbed and a little more dangerous than everything else 
um, which when you're a punk band, it's not such a bad thing. Yeah, you're right about that. It's a little, it's a little barbed and a little more dangerous. And to me, it feels like this is, you know, it's it's a punk band of the '70s, and they are, I don't know, they've got some attitude, which I really like. And I also want to say that for me, there is maybe one song that I don't love on this album, just one, and and you know, I still like it. So it's it's definitely my number one. Yeah, I I think that you're you're gonna have to go all the way to a different kind of tension to get to a song that I don't really like. Um, so it is remarkable, astonishing, really, how consistent the Buzzcocks are. So we're going to um, listen to two songs off of this. We're going to kick off with Will's pick. Uh, Will, what is your what is your pick off of this album, and is it your favorite song from from uh, another music in a different kitchen? Well, uh, my my pick is Fast Cars which is the lead-off track from the album. Is it my favorite song? Um, it's close. You know, yeah. yeah, it might be a toss-up with this and I Don't Mind, but I Don't Mind is also on Singles Going Steady, so sometimes when I listen to the albums proper, I skip the Single Going Steady songs <laughs> because I've heard yeah. them so much. But I actually one that i almost picked but then i thought you know again it's a single mm-hmm. um i might leave it alone just because it's bound to come up <laughs> you know but <laughs> and fast cars is a pretty freaking great song i mean it's it's an amazing tune well and and how punk is it of you to start a song with the beginning of another song that you've released yeah, right. uh, it's just like <laughs> that gets me every time because i absolutely love boredom and so i like get into it and they go oh wait a minute we're not actually listening to boredom <laughs> yeah, right uh so the these first two albums uh we are featuring two songs off of and they are both your picks because i am so fine with every single song off of this i was like whatever we play i'm super happy so rob what uh what did you pick i picked i need and uh to me it just again touches on that um it's interesting it touches on that uh dangerous and barbed and kind of gritty at the same time there's some sensitive there's like a sensitive side to to, uh to the song you know (laughs) Well, so. yeah, and and uh, this is one of the first Buzzcock songs where you're really starting to hear the pop 
right. like the traditional pop elements that Pete Shelley is going to become like a master at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I I heartily endorse this selection, Rob. I just I really dig it. I dig this song a lot, and the fact that he's just listing all the things that he needs, and then you know, like I said, there's the sensitive side. It's that again, it's that pop side. Um, Peter Pete Shelley really knew his stuff, man. I'm I'm really glad to have gotten to know some of his work. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Buzzcocks were not done with 1978. They uh, they turn right around and release their second album, Love Bites. This is an album we spent a fair amount of time talking about earlier this month. Um, We have already listened to Ever Fallen In Love and the song Lipstick, which I was not aware, did not appear on the original release. So, So that was a bonus track um added later oh yeah we of course are going to listen to two songs off of this uh release the first one is a song called love is lies this is your pick i believe right rob yeah um to me it just felt i don't know it just felt right for it kind of kept the feeling of the of the first album uh in my mind It, it also love is lies for some reason is a song that that I recall from my youth. Like, honestly, I don't remember listening to any Buzzcocks when I was a kid, but I do recall some of the songs, you know, like, I know that I heard this song play someplace. And, and you know, I think it's the first Buzzcocks song that they release that really doesn't sound like Buzzcocks at all. That's just true, yeah. It does, it, it's a, a different direction. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a, a Steve Diggle rant, but I think I'll wait <laughs> and and, and uh, <laughs> pull that that gun out later. Uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and listen to "Love Is Lies." Well, I'm going out. I'm gonna find myself a lover. I'm gonna look until I drop. I'll never stop. Love is eyes, love is everything that's nice. 
I am looking forward to hearing your rant on Steve Diggle, but uh, you know, I hold that this song is a good one. Whether you like it or not, I don't. I don't know. I I really enjoy mm. the tune. <laughs> it's a good song. I mean, I I don't hate it. I just don't like it as a Buzzcock song. I see. Okay. Okay, tiebreaker. Uh, Will, yeah. how, where where are you on this song? Well, uh, somewhere in the middle, I guess. <laughs> Not to be too wishy washy. To me, you know, it, it comes in and it sounds to me like like a late '60s Kinks song when it starts, and, uh, and, yeah. and that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I'm a big Kinks fan from that era. Um, and then the chorus, you know, it doesn't sound like the Kinks. It doesn't sound like the Buzzcocks. I'm not sure what it sounds like. Um, I, you know, I don't like all the lyrics. Love is love is eyes. I don't know what that means. Yeah, right. And, and uh, you know, and the one like the most notable thing to me about this song is in the chorus. He says, "Love is not as cold as ice." And I was like, "Hey, when did cold as ice come out?" Uh, Nineteen seventy-seven. So I'm wondering, was this some kind of reaction against foreigner? That's that's my takeaway. Um, there, I, I'm all good with reaction against foreigner i think there should be action taken <laughs> I, you, you know what if if we could get a like a buzzcocks versus foreigner battle going that would yeah. be a sight to behold oh yeah <laughs> so will the the song that you picked is very very buzzcocky ish um is this uh is this your favorite off this album or should i stop asking you <laughs> <laughs> um what did i pick 16 again 16 again yeah um yeah. no 16 again's good my you know you don't have to always ask me my, my favorite track <laughs> off here is is probably ever fallen in love and I, that's an easy oh, pick yeah, yeah. but um yeah, yeah. you know i think that's the the most brilliant piece uh on, on this album but um i don't know 16 again is interesting to me because well, just in terms of its title, you know, they had a song called 16 on the first album, and now they've got 16 again, which kind of seems just like a silly sequel type name. I, and I love that. Yeah. I, I, that's just like, it's that extra secret little layer of feel, filling inside the cake that you're not expecting, and you bite into it and go, oh, here's a delightful little extra something. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and thanks for thanks for going along with no, me on that one. <laughs> no, I mean I agree. And um, the the one thing about Shelley's lyrics, Pete Shelley's lyrics, is I it's never well. It's often not clear to me when he's being um, sarcastic and when he's being genuine. Uh, so I read I read his lyrics for these songs, and I you know often don't know what to make of them. This song I. It kind of feels to me like it's more in the sarcastic vein, like he's saying, oh, to be 16 again, but being 16 kind of sucked. But I could be way off base. Well, he wouldn't be wrong there. Uh, I remember 16. <laughs> it kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
once again, a, a Buzzcock song that I absolutely love. Um, I was happy to defer to your choices on these albums because they're all damn good. What? Uh, uh, just two stellar albums in one year just banged out um, back to back. Um, pretty astonishing. Now, do, do you, Will, do you know, um, being a, a fan, a big fan of the, bu of, excuse me, of Buzzcocks, do you know it, what the choice was behind that or why they decided to do two in a year? Um, I mean, they're early, this is early in their career, right? It's yeah. Taking out two albums in the same year, kind of normal, I mean? Um, no, I don't think it's normal. I don't know what the reason is, other than I can imagine they were just overflowing with ideas and... Uh, the label was willing to put out their music, right? Because it's, you know, we're, we're saying two albums in a year, but let's not forget that they were also releasing a bunch of non-album singles as well. So, yeah, it's, I, it is. It's a, it's a lot of music, and I, I can't think of any reason why other than that they just had music flowing out of them. They couldn't stop it up. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. So 1979 sees the release of their third and final studio album before they break up their initial breakup called a different kind of tension this was this was actually the only buzzcock studio album that i had when i was a teenager um of course this was you know a good five or seven years after um they they released it but this album is because the because Buzzcock's output is at, during this period is so consistently good um, that I kind of like this album because it's a little bit more uneven, which typically is not a good thing to say about an album. But because it's Buzzcock's, <laughs> it's it feels a little fresher to to me. So I feel like the the highs are a little higher and the lows are a little lower than the first two albums, which which feels a little refreshing to me. So it kind of throws you off and that's, you know, shakes things up and that's uh, that's what you like about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. this album does have the first Buzzcock song that I actively dislike. I really just kind of hate, um, which is Mad Mad Judy. Um and I, this would be a perfect opportunity for me to go into my um, yeah. my Steve Diggle rant, but I'm still gonna wait on that. <laughs> but okay. this is this is a Steve Diggle song through and through, um, and the M Mad Mad Judy, and so uh, I think it's a, a pretty awful song, and so we won't listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, I'm I'm glad you said that. I was kind of worried you were gonna you were gonna say your worst song was a different kind of tension or something. something oh like, no no. Good good. No. I'm I'm glad. So uh, just so you know, um, Rob and I back in season one, we we had a bonus episode where we uh, listed our favorite punk bands, mm -hmm. and Buzzcocks was on my list, and. That song, the title track of A Different Kind of Tension, was the first Buzzcock song that we played 
on this show right. as part of that episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm a, I I love that sort of when they when when they get into the drudgy sort of repetitive rhythmic like they they get their own little pulse going mm -hmm. and um just kind of sucks you in pete pete Shelley is very good at that yeah and he stopped doing it largely after this album yeah yeah, yeah right. that's right <laughs> a collective right. yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> he did Seth. So um, let's listen to, I believe, Will, this is your pick. Uh, what do you want to tell us about this song? Well, uh, this is my favorite Buzzcock song of all time. Uh -huh. It's, oh, nice. what, seven and a half minutes, something like that. And anyone who's listened to my show knows that my most frequent complaint is the song's too long, cut out yeah. a verse, make it three minutes. Um, so there's only a handful of songs that are this long that I actually really enjoy. And, uh, this one, I could listen to it over and over. It never feels too long. I'm never, never sick of it. Uh, I just feel like every line is interesting. The, the delivery is incredible and the outro, it's like four minutes of there is no love in this world anymore. It's, uh, I don't know. It's moving and it's uh, amazing. When I pause on my sister, my tape also twists them into shapes. I'm reaching my idea and I haven't an idea what to do. I'm painting by numbers, but can't find the colors that fill you in. I'm not even knowing if I'm coming or going, if to end or begin. I believe in the immaculate conception and I. So I picked a song off of this album uh, because I love money. I also like the song Money, and it is it is a great thank you sympathy laugh there. Yeah. I appreciate that, Rob. It's got that like grindy, grungy, drudgy, repetitive, fugue-like state to it. Um, very much like I believe as well that I typically don't like but I just love it when the buzzcocks do it um, there's they do this kind of music better than any other band you are a stranger but I'm a stranger Stranger, strangers are stranger.
is our number two favorite uh, album, you guys. All three of us. Across the board, yeah. <laughs> Across the board. And you mentioned um, you mentioned the repetition. There's something about the repetition that you like in this particular song. Mm -hmm. And uh, it brought a memory. I was reading that um, some Rolling Stone critic was saying that he felt that this album itself suffered from too much repetition. That at the same time, he absolutely loved the album. Like he praised it hands down. So mm -hmm. I find it pretty interesting because you're talking about things that you don't like in an album, but yeah. there's, you know, there's that thing. You still love the album. The album yeah. is great. Some, somehow it transcends yeah. that, um, yeah. which just makes it brilliant in, in my estimation. I, uh, I have been listening to this album for many, many years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's time to move on to singles going steady, unless anyone has any last minute um, observations about a different kind of tension. I'll say one thing about this album. Yeah, of course. Um, to me, this album really plays like two different albums or the two sides of the album, more or less. The first half has always felt pretty much like a typical Buzzcocks album to me. I think it, it follows Love Bites really nicely. It's the same kind of stuff. But once we get to money, it feels like something new is happening and mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of exciting. And it, those last four or five songs just kind of build and build with that kind of drone and trance that you were talking about. Um, yeah, and it just gets yeah. like more and more intense. It's like really... I don't know, making you feel nervous and, you know, and then, and then I believe comes in and it's just like this big release and then it kind of fades out with radio nine. But, um, at a second half of that, of that album, I think is just brilliant. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely agree. And I would say that the second half of this album is my favorite half of a Buzzcocks album period. I'm, I'm not sure who, who wrote most of the songs in that second half. Um, Pete Shelley. Okay. I, yeah, they're, and, they're and all Shelley. Yeah, the yeah. way that I know it is because they're all songs that I love. Gotcha. It's obviously not a Steve Diggle, uh, Diggle song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, That's gotcha. right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so 1979 also sees the release of Singles Going Steady. This is a compilation but in my teen years, I had no idea because it featured most most of the songs on there were were music that was had never been released in the U.S. Um, <clears throat> it is Rolling Stone's 11th greatest punk album of all time and their 360th greatest overall album of all time. We have already heard. Last episode, we heard Orgasm Addict, which was the very first Buzzcock song I ever heard off of a punk compilation. Um, this is, and we, we are absolutely breaking our own rules about including a compilation because it is so good. It is, it is a, Seminole Buzzcocks album. I don't think we can have a complete discussion about the Buzzcocks discography without talking about this album. Well, I feel, uh, you know, I, I feel 
I guess I should feel left out that I wasn't told that we were uh, going to be talking about this one, but at the same time, I'm totally now excited, and uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to just go listen to the album. So yeah, I guess that's well. A good there, thing. there is a lesson to be learned here, Rob. Yeah. Do you want to know what the lesson is? What? Go ahead and give it to me. Go to the spreadsheet and see what's scheduled yeah. for this episode. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you can't lay it on me. Yeah. No. 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 This. I'm not. Com- I'm not complaining. I'm saying. I think I may have just found something really cool. I'm going to go yeah. listen to the album afterwards. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm kind of excited about it. Absolutely. So we have um, one song to play off of this album called Something's Gone Wrong Again. This is, this is very much in the um, second half of a different kind of tension mold. For Pete Shelley, this is one of those wonderful, sort of long, repetitive, grindy, grungy type songs that I that I absolutely love. This was your pick, right? Uh, right, Will? Yeah, correct. Yeah, this is. Um, I believe this was the B side to Steve Diggle's "Harmony in My Head," and uh, it's the last song on "Singles Going Steady." Um, I, you know, I could have picked just about any song on this album. I, I really think mm-hmm. it's that strong. It's, it's just 16 incredible tracks, but, um, I picked this one because, you know, a few of these people have heard before. Um, I want to pick something a little different, a little less well-known. And, um, one thing I was noticing about this song, uh, recently I heard the, the demo version of it and it doesn't have that incessant, like, ding 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 whatever it is um which made it stand out more to me in my head and suddenly i thought wait a minute these guys just listened to i want to be your dog uh by the stooges and they're like let's let's take that and put this in a song and um it it works and it's the song's funny and it's uh, really good yeah so do you prefer the direction that the demo went in or do you prefer this version oh i like this version better yeah i think they definitely spruced up the demo made it better This was the B-side. Um, you know, I, I listened to this song, and I like this song, and it's it's funny to think of it as being a B-side because it's really cool. Um, I can't imagine Steve Diggle's song being better <laughs> than this. Actually, it is a pretty good song um, uh-huh. for for Steve Diggle. I, I give it uh, uh, two thumbs up. Agreed. Yeah, so... 
Yeah, yeah. At the top of the show, we listened to a song called What Do You Know, which was a specific request of yours. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk about this song a little bit. Uh, obviously, it's, it's remarkable to you. Um, why is that? Well, I think it's a really interesting period in their history. They put out what I think is their best album, not counting singles going steady, which we talked about earlier, and they're getting a little experimental. But their chart success in England was starting to slip, and they put out some really good singles, um, and they were not performing as well as their earlier stuff had. And so following that album, uh, and I'm talking about uh, a different kind of tension, following, following that album... Uh, they started doing a couple singles with Martin Hannett, um, renowned producer, and uh, yeah. Now, now the, he is he is um, connected with the Hacienda, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Pete Shelley was also, from what I've understood, uh, he was getting more and more into psychedelic type type drugs, trying to expand his mind, and so he was going in recording uh, into the recording studio and just you know getting real out there and the returns were not great they released uh, a few i think they released three singles that they recorded with martin hannett and it's just like this big step off a cliff as far as i'm concerned just brilliant brilliant singles and then all of a sudden you're like what this is just so so what's happening and there's they released another single it's like this is also not super great um, and it, it's, it, it was just like the magic suddenly disappeared. Um, and then finally, when they released their third single from this era, uh, we've got, what do you know? And it sounds completely different than anything they ever recorded before and anything they ever recorded after it's got horns in it. I mean, I, I think it sounds kind of crappy. It sounds like they recorded it in a closet, honestly. Um, but I think it's really interesting from the standpoint of what was Pete Shelley thinking about the future of the Buzzcocks? Where did he want to take it? And what could they have sounded like if the band had stuck it through, you know, throughout the 80s? Mm-hmm. So, kids, the lesson here is don't do drugs. <laughs> right? That's that's where you were going with this, right, well, Will? Well, I mean... I. I, I think in I think moderation here might be the key. Yeah, there you go. And stay in school. <laughs> okay, so um, then Buzzcocks break up and uh, they go off and do their own thing for a while. Pete Shelley has a pretty successful solo career, um, and. In, uh, what, what is it, 1993, they, uh, well, I, I assume that they get together maybe a couple of years before that, but they released their next album uh, in 1993. It is a, an album called Tr- Trade Test Transmissions, and boy, a lot has changed um, <laughs> between... Between the last album and this album, and fourteen years, fourteen years is a long yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so this is—I don't, I don't know that any of us are going to uh, rave about 
any of these albums. I, I don't want to speak for anything, but that, that is my guess. And so I just, to, to kind of temper the radical shift in attitude that I expect uh, that the we're going to, we're gonna get um i just want to acknowledge this i mean there have been through through the history of rock and roll there have been hundreds of millions of bands and some of them are awful and some of them are mediocre but the vast majority of them were are were pretty good to pretty great but the, the, the volume of bands out there is just so overwhelming that it takes a special band at exactly the right moment, you know, in exactly the right place in their personal and professional lives to create music that kind of transcends all of that and is truly exceptional. And I think we can all agree that the Buzzcocks you know, those couple of years when they were recording the last four albums that we talked about, they were there. And so to compare that music to the music that they're about to release in 1993 is a little unfair uh, because, you know, it was like one in a hundred million, you know, thing. And yeah. so moving forward, I think we can all agree Buzzcocks are still a pretty good to great band. They're just, you know, at this point, I feel like it is not exceptional music that they're producing. Um, so being mindful of that, we can talk about their... 1993 release trade test transmissions so their their first four albums were united artists that was the label moving forward every album that they release is on a different label which doesn't bode well so let's keep that in mind um this is this is rough. This is a rough one for me. I, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about it. I, I don't think the albums after the, the first four are awful. No, I no, no. I think that it's, since it's 14 years later, they've, they're different people. Their musical tastes are different. Their political, uh, you know, everything's different. And, and so they come out with this, like, it's no longer punk rock. It's no longer, you know, it's more like a, I don't know, pub rock. Almost. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, there are two factors that that are missing um, in the in Buzzcocks at this point that are really the two things that I love most about Buzzcocks. One is Pete Shelley's voice just isn't what it used to be. I mean, there's no getting around that. I still like his voice, and and technically, he never he never had the strongest voice. I mean, he probably wouldn't get cast in a musical, a traditional musical, as far as his range. But but the quality of his voice for the music that he was making was really magical. And at this point, 
it, his, his voice just isn't there. And then the other thing which is much more puzzling to me is they kind of lose the great guitar sound, those great riffs. They, they obviously are still excellent players, so they obviously made a choice to not do that sort of, that kind of a riff anymore. And I just, it, it was just what made Buzzcock's early music so special. So I, I really, those are the two elements that I really miss the most at this point. Yep. I mean, I agree. And I also, and I, I sort of mentioned this earlier, um, coming off of an album that sort of ended in a, a slightly experimental sort of way. Mm-hmm. This this album sounds very standard. It's just like like they decided to forego any kind of experimentation and just like let's do some straight ahead rock songs. Yeah. Almost yeah. like they were getting back together after all these years to just jam, you know, for old time's sake. Let's let's just play some music. Doesn't matter what it is. Let's just play some good music and enjoy ourselves. Uh yeah, so I guess this is where I need to talk about Steve Diggle Um, because (laughs) as we go along, Steve, so on the first album, I'm not sure that Steve Diggle has much of a presence at all in the songwriting department and the vocals department. And it seems like each album there, you see a little bit more of him popping up. Um, I mean, obviously, he's an excellent guitar player, and, and his his guitar work is a large part of what makes those first albums yeah. awesome. But as you see him, every album, you see him stepping more and more into the singer-songwriting mode. And more, boy, uh, so there are lots of bands that have multiple lead singers and a lot of them are really good at integrating the voices, you know, in a lot of different ways. I mean, there is the, the B 52s way where they play off of each other, male and and female. And then there's like the cars way where it's really sometimes very hard to identify what is, Rick Ricky O's vocals and which are Benjamin Orr's vocals. Like up until a year ago, if you had asked me what my favorite Rick Ocasek song was, I, or vocal was, I would have said Candio, which I was horrified to find out uh, was actually <laughs> sung by Benjamin Orr. That is the exact opposite of the dynamic going on between Pete Shelley and Steve Diggle. I mean, they, their styles, both with the vocals and the songwriting, really couldn't be more different. And I just kind of, across the board, dislike Steve Diggle's songs. Don't care for his voice. Um, and I don't think he's a particularly great songwriter. And I, really don't care for his sensibilities. He's, um, particularly at this point, it sounds like he is listening to a, like, a lot of Bob Mould and Sugar and all of that, like, early 90s alternative rock stuff. Um, 
which <laughs> which isn't my favorite to begin with, but yeah. is just I, I just find incredibly off-putting. So that is my my Steve Diggle um, uh, uh, rant. So let's um, let's listen to a a song that was not written by Steve Diggle off of this album. Um, this is Rob. I believe uh, this is both of our favorite al- um, song off this album. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a song called "Go for It." Who helped me to forget? Now that your love's not real, you leave me lying on my own. I find it kind of rich, you know, it's something else to love. And then again, I guess I should have known. Was it all a waste of time? A game I'm not supposed to win. No matter what I try, it seems to make no difference. I just have to start all over again. I'm trying so hard to be a man about it. I like to see a point of view. But you are. One thing I want to point out is um, there are, I I feel like their output from here on out is lesser than their 70s stuff. But the songwriting is still pretty good. It's just the choices that they make with what they do with the songs that is not as appealing to me as when they were, you know, vibrant, passionate teenage punkers. Uh, um, and just in general, the last thing I have to say about, about this album is that um, I really don't think that the production on this and the next album are working in their favor. It sounds so early 90s alt-rock. Um and just does is not doing the material any favor. There's like no dynamics in the music. It's just got that sort of flat alt rock eight nineties alt rock production thing to it, which is not my favorite. I happen to I happen to be a fan of nineties alt rock, but uh, <laughs> I know you be, are. That might be why I like this album more than uh-huh. than a lot of the uh-huh. others. I never yeah. really thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's interesting though. I, I read a critic talk about how um, this album, he, he really liked the album, but he felt like if you really like this album, it's because you're a diehard uh, Buzzcocks fan. Um, and me not being a diehard Buzzcocks fan, because I honestly don't know a whole lot about the band. You know, I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. grow up listening to them. Um, but to me, it, the sound, the sound that I, I really like, um, is kind of what made me, you know, made me enjoy this album. Okay, let's um, move on to 1996 All Set. Um, I have the only note I have on this album is it's just even more so than the last album. The production on this just really seems surprisingly incompetent and amateurish. 
Uh, and it, it just, I feel like it really works against the songs. So I am not a big fan of this album at all. Um, yeah, I, I you know, it, it, it kind of falls halfway in, in the middle as far as, uh, it falls in the middle as far as my ranking. Um, only because the song, the albums after it, I really don't like. But mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I kind of found it as, as to be a little, you know, ho hum. I, I couldn't, I just don't really get into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with this album? Well, uh, I like it okay. Um, there's definitely some songs that I think are pretty strong, and there's some songs, especially in the later half, that don't really work for me. Well. Um, I forget who picked the song "Point of No Return." Will is this a is this a favorite song of yours off of this album? I don't think so. I mean, I like that the song. Be, yeah, that would be me. Okay, 1999's Modern, I I actually really kind of like this album. Um, this album feels to me like maybe what the Buzzcocks would have sounded like in the mid-80s if they hadn't broken up. Um, and I, I don't think that that is accidental. Uh, uh, my sense is that... Um, that's really kind of what they were going for. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I read a couple of reviews on this album and some of them were positive and some of them negative, but they all kind of agreed that this was, this sounded kind of like plastic new wave, um, which I agree with. And I find kind of refreshing compared to the last couple of albums. It sounds to me like, in the vein of like Blondie or 80s The Cars. Um, and uh, it just feels a lot livelier than the last couple of albums. But you, Rob, are not a fan uh, of this album. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of this album. Um, I I felt like it was, it, it just felt hollow to me. Um, I couldn't get into any of the songs really. Um with an exception, I mean, I think there were like two songs on the album that I even cared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one being uh, Will's pick, and um, the other being uh, "Speed of Life," which, mm. which. Well, we're not going to listen to either of those songs. Yeah. We're going to listen to my pick, <laughs> um, a song called "Rendezvous." This is probably the only 
uh, album by Buzzcocks after they reformed that I will ever revisit, I think, um, which makes me curious, Will, of, of these 90s and newer Buzzcocks albums, are there any that are in your regular or semi-regular rotation? Sort of. So um, I listen to Trade Test Transmissions fairly regularly, but uh-huh. um, I have an edited down version of the album. So mm. my CD co- copy's got 17 tracks on it, and it's too long, and it's got six Diggle songs. And it, you know, I can see why people would not really be into it. Uh, I've cut it down to 11 tracks, and it really flows, wow. and it, it's... Uh, wow. It's good. It's pretty good. And and are they mostly Diggle songs that you cut out? Uh, yeah, I, I left him two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so where do you where do you land on modern? Are you kind of leaning more towards Rob on this, or are you are you kind of liking this album? You know, I think I'm leaning more toward Rob. I do uh-huh. like I like the sound of it. I I can see why you would like the sound. Um, the production's definitely more interesting than the previous couple albums. Um, but as far as uh, as far as Shelley's like ability to write a really catchy song that sticks in your head, I think most of those songs are not quite there. Yeah. I would agree with yeah. you on that. Um, I I feel like Shelley's songwriting is um it there it is diminishing returns and i i am not a big fan of uh steve diggle as you might have guessed but i i I actually feel like his songwriting gets a little bit better as um he goes along so all right let's move on to 2003's um album called buzzcocks so we have, I have been bagging on Steve Diggle's songwriting and vocal sensibilities. So we actually get to hear some of that. And yeah. this, if I'm not mistaken, this was, this song was um, number one pick from both of you, the song Six City Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Isn't that right? Yep. Yeah, great. think a big fan of six city sometimes probably because i played it on my radio show um mm. i ended up with a lot of requests for it and and played it like crazy but it's again when i was doing that i didn't know a lot of buzzcocks you know i hadn't mm-hmm. listened to a lot of buzzcocks and so this song to me didn't it definitely didn't feel like the buzzcocks that i did know you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying but it was it was always a favorite song. I just I dug it. Yeah, this is um, I I have no 
nothing negative to say about the songwriting. I think the songwriting is is really quite good. Um, it's just the the whole like blue collar rock pub rock rock and roll thing that he's got is just that's not for me. That's just not for me. <laughs> um, oh, oh I, I did want to mention one thing, though, that uh, the most notable thing about this album to me is that it features a couple of songs written by Howard DeVoto and Pete Shelley. Right. Um, bringing back the classics, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, neither of them are really that remarkable but um it is now are either of you do do either of you know if these were songs that were written recently when they recorded it or did did pete shelley just pull out a couple of songs they had written back in the day that he never felt were worthy of recording you know, you know, I'm not sure about that, but if I had to guess, I would say they were newer songs because um, Pete Shelley and Howard DeVoto had at some point gotten back together and formed an experimental music band of some kind and released one album, and I'm blanking on what the name of that group was, but um, it seems like they had rekindled their, their friendship somewhere along the lines. So Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it sure doesn't sound like music written by snotty teenage punks no that's for sure right right (laughs) um okay let's move on to 2006 flat pack philosophy um this the production sounds a lot better than the stuff in the in the early 90s um so kudos for that but but i feel like the songs the songwriting itself is a little blander yeah overall i agree so the song that we're going to listen to off of this album is a song called wish i never loved you this was your pick right will yep yeah this one for me is one of the few standouts on the album i think it's like it's fast and it's got a lot of energy uh, and um, I don't know. I think he has some fairly interesting things to say, which listening to the previous album, Buzzcocks, and I poured over that lyric sheet, and I was just like, what happened to this guy? Nothing he says is, is interesting. <laughs> uh, so this one feels kind of refreshing to me. It almost feels like it could be a classic Buzzcocks song if you know it, it was a different production. us to the last Buzzcocks album uh, released in uh, 2014 called The Way. Um, this is them at their pub rockiest. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> but I will say that 
it does have my favorite Steve Diggle song called a song called uh, Save Yourself or Saving Yourself, uh, which I think is pretty good. Uh, not the song that we're going to listen to. We're going to listen to a song you picked, Rob. What uh, What is your favorite song off of this album? Um, well, to be honest, uh, my favorite song I think is probably not this one. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I want to say that Keep Keep On Believing is probably my favorite off of the album. Uh-huh. But uh, I did choose Virtually Real because I thought it was kind of an interesting... It, it's kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition from their earliest stuff. You know, this is like a song that's like set in modern 2014. Um, it doesn't sound at all like it's, you know, the, the earliest stuff to me sounded kind of like late 60s, 70s rock, uh, uh, punk rock. This this is totally modern, um, so I kind of wanted to point it out and maybe hear a little bit of it. very clearly a Pete Shelley song and um, I like the song writing part of it but man the lyrics are not working for me it's um, you know I at this point an old fogey talking about oh <laughs> virtual life and the internet yeah. and everything is just social media Facebook you know et it, it really sounds like the old man on his porch yelling at the kids to get off his lawn. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I thought it could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I feel you there, but in terms of, you know, old fogey talking about the internet, um, he's got a few good lines here and there, and I, I definitely, it, it's, not, it's not as cringy as I could have expected it to be. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of Buzzcock's um, catalog, at least up to this point. Now, Pete Shelley passed away in 2018, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Buzzcocks are still around. They uh, haven't released any albums, and I don't know uh, if they plan to. Um, but without Pete Shelley, my my interest in the kind of music they're making right now is like zero. So, any last thoughts about Buzzcocks before we move on to other matters? Um, yeah. Now, I guess this is a question that I have for Will that I suppose could be connected to other matters, but I kind of wanted to ask it before we leave this segment of the 
podcast episode. Um, you being a, a Buzzcocks fan, and since we've been talking about it here, and Joseph even made a drinking game around it, um, <laughs> do you do you cringe when you hear people say the Buzzcocks, or or is it is it not a big deal being a, such a such a fan? It's not a big deal to me. No, it doesn't matter at all. And uh, the same the same thing with uh, with Pixies or the Pixies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the the only issue I have is um, once in a while I'll throw a the in there, and then I kind of look around me like, oh shoot, s- some yeah. jer- some jerk who actually cares is gonna like yeah. give me the stink eye and think they're cooler than me or something. Yeah. Now, Will, is the reason why you don't care when people say that because you're a relatively well-rounded individual who has better things to freak out about? Uh, oh, I've got better things to freak out about for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the reason the reason I ask is because I have heard people go off on other people about the and you know, yeah. Um, if you're going to talk about the cars. You know, talk about the specific cars you're talking about. Don't don't talk about all cars in general. But you know, it's it's silly, man. You know who we're talking about, right? We're talking about the Buzzcocks right here. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's let's uh, talk about your podcast a little bit more. Uh, like I said, I have been listening to it uh, for years. Not. I, I I think I discovered a year or two in. You're on your fourth year, is that correct? Yeah, I think I'm just. Well, I think I finished up the fourth season, and I'm and the fifth season's coming soon. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, now and let's let's talk a little bit about the format of your show. So each episode you tackle a month. Yep, that's correct. I look at one month on the Billboard Modern Rock charts. And, uh, you know, I've got my big spreadsheet of every single song that reached its peak position that month. And I pick four songs. Um, Any song that hit number one, I will definitely feature. And then, uh, you know, usually I pick a a few more songs from whatever I want to listen to to fill out the rest and Will, um, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Are you a? Are you, do you have much of a social media presence, or are you just well, going to direct them to your podcast? You know, I mostly direct them to my podcast. This is Modern Rock. Yeah. Um, you know, you could try to friend me on Facebook. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get around to befriending you eventually. Um, well, but you can email me at uh, thisismodernrock at gmail.com. I will respond. Okay. I think our work here is done. We are going to go out on not on a Buzzcocks song <laughs> twist. Uh, will, you pick the song we're going out on. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Pete Shelley's Homo Sapien? Sure. So Homo Sapien was one of the last songs that was intended to be recorded as a Buzzcocks song, but because interest in further Buzzcocks recordings, uh, I guess by the label and by the general public was so low, uh, before they recorded it, Pete Shelley went solo. He recorded his first solo album, uh, Homo Sapien. And this is a song that sounds shocking if you're not expecting it. It's very keyboard heavy. 
uh, you're very synthy. I think at first listen, it can sound a little silly and maybe like a novelty song, but I think it's a very deep moving song where Peach Ellie is basically coming out as bisexual. Um, this is very early 80s. Um, and he's making this plea like, hey, look, we are all we're all human. Like, this doesn't matter. We're all people. And um, I don't know. I just find it very touching. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Will. Um, it's been great to have you on here. You've been very generous with your time and your knowledge. Um, and um, maybe we can talk you on to um, visiting again at some point. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me on. That'd be great. Thanks, Will. Okay, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you sometime soon. See ya. Shy boy.